When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard and this is me old muck of banners. We're back together, son. How are you? Hi, Bully. Great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So... We haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by Paul. The grass is always green enough. To be more like Paul, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show. Become an official sponsor, get bonus content and grow the show today. Joe Marler is a big-hearted man and he's got a podcast plan. It's the Joe Marler Show. It's the Joe Marler Show. Oh, oh, oh. Hello, 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 hello. Hello and welcome to our show. My name's Dame Edna. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> also known as Joe. This is... The worst intro I've ever heard. <laughs> this is Tom. First I thought it was an Australian in an echoey room. I was picturing myself being an Australian seagull. Hello, hello, hello. Mine, 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 mine. Like that. How are you, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I'm going to cut to the chase. There's a game that we played a number of months ago on this show and I would like to play it again. It's a game called... Can you remember how the jingle goes? How, 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 how many? How, how, how many is, is too many? How, 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 how many is too many? Many, 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 many. Your first how many is too many, Joe. How many is too many? Popper dumbs. For one person or two? Just want an answer. Don't overthink it. Okay, four. No, six. So five. Five <laughs> is too many. But, oh, no, God, they're big ones. Four. Four's too many. Uh, is it just poppadoms on their own, or is it with the mint yogurt and the you, onions? You've and got the, the carousel. Okay, four. Okay. Five's too many. Four's sufficient. Okay, so the answer is five, then, you're giving me. Five. <laughs> Joe, how many is too many pairs of pants? Pairs of pants. Pairs of pants. Why aren't they just a, a pant? You don't get two pants, do you? You get two holes for the legs. What? That's the only pair I can see in a pair of pants. Yeah, why are they called a pair of pants? All right. It's not two of them. How many is too many pant? To have? Oh, fucking hell, mate. I'd say I've got at least 30. 30? 30. 30 pant. How many of those pant 
do you wear on a regular basis? I only cycle through about five or six mm. of them. So it's fucking useless that I've got. I'm going to donate them to charity. Charity will love that. Yeah. How many is too many spoons in the cutlery drawer? Big spoons, little spoons. Combination of. You can give me your split. Wait, you mix yours. What's your drawer look like? Oh, it makes me feel physically sick every time I open it. Your cutlery drawer? Yeah. Is it? Is it got a, a sorter in it? Well, nominally, but everything's spilt. It's got so much in there that you can barely shut the drawer, particularly if the prongs on the fork have been so placed that they jam against the yeah. the roof of the drawer. It's so disorganised, so messy, I honestly feel sick when I see it. What's the most obscure item in your cutlery drawer? Chopstick. What? Why have you got chopstick? I don't want chopsticks in there. You need to ask Murph this question. Do you use chopsticks at home? No. Again, you need to ask this to Murph because I'm very much with you. Murph's not here, mate. You're here. I'm asking you. Without wanting to be too packed, when I'm asking you a question, how many spoons is too many? I've got... We have people over... You never have people over. We don't have people over. <laughs> uh, we've, we need six. Sometimes they end up getting stuck in the freezer. Freezer? One, found one in the freezer. A spoon? The ice cream the other day. What? Someone had just yeah. abandoned the spoon. Yeah, it's just fucked it off back in there. Put the lid back on. Put the lid back on, fucked it off back in the freezer. I was like, right, okay. <laughs> Teaspoons, we need a lot in our house. So uh, we need 11, 12 is too many. What are the big spoons called? Dessert spoons. Dessert. Why? Because you might eat a dessert with them. But you eat more than a dessert with a dessert spoon. So well, the soup spoon call... is rounder, isn't it? All spoons are round. <laughs> the soup spoon is a, is a more round Here's spoon. Here's an interesting fact. Mm-hmm. All spoons <laughs> are cutlery, <laughs> but not all cutlery are spoons. <laughs> That's actually correct. <laughs> But so much less interesting than your face would indicate. Didn't say it was an interesting fact. This isn't a how many is too many question, but it's a subset of an existing question. Do you have a favourite teaspoon? Like, if you reach into the cutlery drawer, mm. you've got eight teaspoons. Is there one you just... That's my that's my boy. Yeah, it's actually one of the four kids' plastic ones yeah. that we bought for Felix. And it's a lime green one, similar to the hat that I've got on now. And the smoothness. Yeah, mouthfeel. Oh, it's great. It's the size of it. It's not too big, not too small. Great amount of stuff you can put on it. Carrying capacity. Great. Just comfy to hold. There was this other one that was a bit, always gave me a weird taste after. I think it was like proper metal. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You don't want proper metal. It gives that aftertaste. Because I was having issues with the different spoons, I... uh, I actually subscribed to a spoon magazine. (laughs) What's funny you should mention subscription, Joe, because I was just going to mention exactly that, because if you want to support this show, you can now subscribe on Apple, Spotify and Patreon. Joe, you only have to pay a pound a week and you will get, number one, bonus content. Number two, ad-free episodes. Number three, Joe, at the same time, what will be happening? You will be very kindly... Growing our show. If you have a favourite spoon, please take a photo and send it to us on social media for a feature that we will never use. In the meantime, shall we get a guest on, Joe? I Go on then. Our guest today is Alice Tapper and she is a money expert. Welcome, Alice. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, my first question. Yes, Joe. What is money? Good what, question. What is 
Is it just like coins and notes? Is mm. that all it is? It's such a good question because actually what money is has evolved massively over time. Pre-money, if you wanted to buy and sell stuff, you would have to barter. So you'd have to say you wanted to, you know, buy five cows from your next door neighbour. You'd probably have to exchange it for like three sheep or something like that. Obviously, that came with some limitations. Um, Cows were the better deal, I think. Yeah, they're yeah, bigger exactly. than cheap, and, and that's the thing. Often. How do you know? How do you know? You know what's a fair thing? What if what if, what if you're trying to buy some barley and it's not barley season, but you've got you know it's a nightmare, and it created lots of problems with complex kind of IOUs and everything got very confusing. So then people started thinking, okay, well maybe we need to have physical objects which actually represent something of value. And so across across history and in different parts of the world, those physical objects, loads of different examples, cowrie shells was one. Um, so actually sort of shells from a beach, essentially, um, that formed a kind of basic currency or coin. Um, there's also been shark's teeth is quite a good one. I prefer them. Sharks didn't work. Um, loads of different physical kind of physical tokens. Massive problems with that. If you're going down to Pret and you give them some cowrie shells, obviously you're going to be like, what are you doing? Um, so they don't could have got them, them from anymore. anywhere. So sadly, yeah, right. no longer accept uh, cowrie shells. Um, and so then people started thinking, oh, hold on, maybe we need something that's actually of intrinsic value. So that basically means that it's, it's of value itself and that usually means it's a scarce thing. Started using silver, gold to make coins and they'd mint them. Great thing about coins is that they're divisible. So all gold is that it's divisible. So you can make smaller coins that are worth a bit less than a bigger coin and whereas you couldn't do that with shark's teeth and cowrie shells and things like that. Problem with that, quite heavy, not very safe. If you were here right now and you knew that there was a bag of cold coins under your bed, you'd be like, it's not, not ideal for storing your wealth. So then people started thinking, okay, and actually in China, they came up with the idea of basically the paper note where they said, hold on a second, why doesn't everyone store their gold coins in the palace, castle, what is now essentially the Bank of England? Um, and instead, we'll issue notes. And whenever you want, you can give those notes over and we'll give you the gold coins. And that that worked pretty well. And actually, up until 1931, we had something called the gold standard, which basically meant you could go and do that. So you could literally take your banknotes into the Bank of England and they would give you your gold. Now, they, they did stop that. They stopped the gold standard in 1931. And now, and this is the bit that I find really weird, we have fiat currency, which essentially is valueless. The money that you have has no value. It's just that we all buy into the idea that it has value. And because the Bank of England says it has value that we all believe. There is no gold anymore. There's no silver. It's completely valueless if we all disappeared off the face of the earth it would be worth nothing, but it's all psychological and we all believe that it has value and it's also held up with the monetary policy of the, the Bank of England and all of that stuff. So yeah, that is where we've got to now. And obviously now we've also got things like cryptocurrency and the future of money is really interesting and we've got, you know, we can pay for things via our phones. So to answer your question of what is money and what the value of money is, now it's actually quite a almost psychological question really what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) joe compared to our stumbling efforts introducing the show that is the most comprehensive and authoritative answer i think we've ever had money yeah to quote you is not worth anything anymore (laughs) well it is right it is well actually the, the money you have it's worth You know, the paper, obviously, they make it, it has some value. It's the value that we attribute to it that gives it value. And that's fiat 
fiat currency. So don't panic. It's <laughs> not. It's all right. It's still. It is. Fuck. It is of value, but it's just not um, attached to anything of or sort of pegged to anything or related to anything of intrinsic value like gold because gold obviously we know it has value because it's scarce and it's something that people have to mine and there's not endless amounts of it whereas now we've moved on to fiat currency but obviously there's still things you know people trade gold and often gold is something that people use as a hedge against what's happening in the economy and when people are worried often the price of gold goes up and things like that so yeah but actually the but the, but the paper money that we've got itself is only valuable because there's a kind of collective understanding that it is of value. I'm going to give you the choice here, Joe. Um, you can have your salary from Quinn's either paid to you the existing way where a certain amount of money is transferred into your bank account or you can have it in gold. It has to be physically handed to you at Guildford Sports Village in gold. What, like, what, 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 what's the shape of the gold? Is it like bracelets, rings? I don't want to speculate how much gold it would be that you'd be getting. What so. about those bars you get? You can have a choice of shape. I want it in those bars from Diard. <laughs> Bulli- bullions. <laughs> They're called bullions? Bullions. Yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. want gold bullions, please. How much is one gold bullion? Oh, I'm not sure, actually. Not sure what today's today's price would be. Would it be quite a lot of like, money? Yeah, yeah, fuck. yeah. A year yeah. salary for Joe? Or? Well, I don't, know, I don't know. How much a year salary? <laughs> is, I don't know how uh, we ended up here. I would prefer them to just give me the money direct as money without taxing it. <laughs> that, that would be nice. Yeah. That must be a different point as well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. What is, here's a follow-up question, Joe. If you were to get the money as money in your hand, mm. like if you're going to a shop and they're giving you your change in cash, what is your favourite note? Uh, my favourite coin is actually a coin. Is it? Yeah, I prefer. Although I can't remember the last time, no one fucking uses coins anymore, do yeah, they? Yeah, that's the thing. Mainly because yeah. you can't buy anything with a coin these days. Yeah, I used to remember getting a pound and being able to buy things a pound's worth <laughs> yeah. well, do you of remember sweets Freddo's? Of, yes. yeah well that's the inflation thing oh you know? my you how much was a Freddo 10 10p. 10p yeah chomp bar 10p I think I think there was some that were even 5p well there were penny sweets I don't understand the the concept that you've just said money isn't it's a psychological tool now we've all decided to buy into it what if we turn around and said well we're not buying into it yeah well that's that's a good question and well I think it would be very difficult for that to happen because we've got things like, you know, the Bank of England and the whole point of that is to create structure and control around money. And they and they do things like, you know, change the interest rates, which we've, you know, recently seen as a response to inflation and they try and kind of control money. So it's unlikely that would happen. But there are, for example, actually, just to go back to um, the examples I was using of different forms of money, in really unstable economies, like in um, South Sudan, where they've been, they've had lots of civil war. Cows are still a form of, of currency because it's much more reliable, and you can you can trust it. And so that's um, and similarly with with Afghanistan recently, it causes when when that happens, um, it causes huge amounts of instability in the economy, and then people do start losing faith, and also you get hyperinflation and all this stuff. So yeah, Joe, there was a period of hyperinflation in Zimbabwe. Yes. And um, at one point they had to issue, apparently, a $100 trillion note. How many loaves of bread do you think, at that time, the $100 trillion note in Zimbabwe would have bought you? It wouldn't, none. Wouldn't have got you one loaf. 
slightly spoilt the game, but it would have been one <laughs> loaf, Joe. Yeah, but I've got one those. Loaf, I've got yeah. some of these notes at home. I fucking wish I brought them in. I've, I've got, got yeah, some I've of the Zimbabwe yeah. notes that are like a five hundred thousand dollar note, and to show the kids because I've been there a couple of times when I was little, and I remember a family member having to go out with a, you know, like an army camo type gilet with loads of pockets <laughs> and fill up all these pockets with the Zimbabwe dollar just to get a uh, milk and loaf of bread mm. like the wads and wads of Wheel cash money. Yeah. and I was like what what the fuck and then I also heard that they were getting rid they were collecting all the Zimbabwe dollars taking it out of the country to South Africa to take out the small little what, silver strips no. that were in these, like the hologram strips that were in these notes because they were worth 10 times what the actual fucking dollars were. Yeah. And I, it blows my mind. I don't understand. I don't understand inflation. What is inflation? So inflation is the rise in the price of goods. So things going up over time. The go- let's Let's talk about how that's happened in the UK, because I think that's what everyone's kind of really familiar with at the moment. So go back to pre-COVID or when COVID hit, obviously that caused loads of um, economic uncertainty and turmoil. And also people started kind of, organisations started firing people. We saw that with the airline industry and so on. Um, Supply chains started seizing up because demand was lower and and so on. that was all kind of okay and we didn't see much inflation through the pandemic. But then as demand started to surge again or want to go on holiday and so on, it creates um, a, a kind of disconnect basically be, between supply and demand and supply chains cannot keep up with demand. And when demand is higher than supply, prices go up. And so that's why we've seen inflation at the moment. And then the double whammy is you throw on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And that's obviously had a huge impact on oil prices. And oil is something that we all use and need. It's a huge part of our expenditure. So when the cost of energy goes up, that is really what we're seeing at the moment and a huge impact on all of our disposable incomes and and what we're actually able to get with our money. So it's about the the word that's often used with inflation is purchasing power, which is quite a good way of thinking about it. So it's not the number, it's what on the on the banknote, it's what that actually affords you to buy. Going back to that point of what's the value of money, it doesn't really matter what the number is. Similarly with, with Zimbabwe, it's about what you can then exchange that for. And right now with inflation, that affords you less stuff, basically. And so that's what's happening with inflation. And that's why we're all in a situation that is a bit bit scary. Why do I hear random headlines that energy companies, oil companies... Mm. And their profits, like millions and millions of profit they've made in the last year, and yet we're in a cost of living crisis. Why are they? Yeah. Why are they then doubling our energy bills? I don't. I can't get my head around that. Yeah. So it's a really good question because there are two. I think there's a bit of a misconception sometimes. People feel that the people they're paying for their energy are ripping them off. Whoever you, you know, octopus or whoever it might be. There are two kinds of energy companies that we need to kind of get our heads around. The first one is the energy producers. They're the likes of Shell and BP. They're the ones actually getting out of the ground or in many cases from renewable sources or whatever, whatever it might be. And then there's the retailers, the people that you're actually paying for your energy. And the energy producers, the first ones, the likes of Shell and BP, they sell it to the energy retailers and then the retailers sell it on to you. It's the energy producers, the first ones. They're the ones that are making the huge profits. They're the ones that have benefited 
from, in, in, well, basically from Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And they also make a lot of money through energy trading. And they, they do very well out of volatility. The prices go up and down a lot. They can make a lot of money energy trading. They then sell it on to the energy retailer, the people that you'll pay your utility bills to and so on. Those guys actually, they're not the ones making all the money. They're not the ones coining it. In fact, many of them have gone under. They operate on tiny margins. So the difference between what they buy their energy for and what they sell it to you is very, very small. So they're not the ones making all the money. It's the the big guys at the production end of things that do very well out of all of this volatility. And I know... Is that fair? And that's the question that that people are asking, saying, well, hold on a second. Everyone else is suffering right now. Our utility bills are through the roof. Is it really fair that there are all these profits? And that's when the question of windfall tax comes in. And you've probably heard about, well, hold on, shouldn't we just be taxing them all? And so that's that's the idea of a windfall tax. Are you, Joe, with um, the apocalypse coming um, of heating (laughs) bills, how are you going to play it this winter? Are you going to say today's, uh, we're not having the heating on until December. Are you going to put the heating on regardless or are you going to invest in some warmer jumpers? This is a tough one for us because we've got a really shit house in terms of it gets really hot in the summer and it gets really cold in the winter. (laughs) (laughs) So it reflects very much the temperature outside. Yeah, it's not a very it's not a very uh, energy efficient house. Oh it's fucking shit. We hate it. Oh, no. hate, we hate it. And couple that with when Daisy's cold, I'm roasting. Oh, that's cold. And when I'm cold, she's roasting, and it just it just doesn't work. So I've said we're going to have a fire on the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, a bonfire in the living room. In the living room. That's nice. Yeah. We'll put one of those metal uh, grid... Like a fire pit. Like a, like a fire pit. No, no, just literally on the carpet. <laughs> and we'll just uh, lob in some of the stuff that we don't use use anymore. Yeah. So yeah. it's quite a lot of the kids' toys. <laughs> I don't know what that's doing to the ozone layer, actually, because yeah. it burns green as well. It's all really weird. Is there any... Have you got a chimney above this fire? Or is it just the smoke just going up and... T- well, I think... The th- I actually think the thickness of the smoke without the chimney, will help insulate the room. Yes. So it'll be warmer. Yes. I think that's excellent logic. So we'll probably yeah. just shut the door as well uh, and then wait for the CO2 uh, alarm to go off. Is that right? Possibly. And Carbon when it, oxide, yeah. Car- yeah, and yeah. when it goes off, then we'll go out for a break. <laughs> yeah. Probably have a smoke. Yeah. And then come back in just because it'll be nice and warm. And yeah. the ki- I don't know where the kids are going to... We'll probably leave them at school. Most of the time. Well, the school's got heating on, hasn't it? So Yeah, yeah most of the time. On the chimney point, I was looking the other day at, at um, ways of increasing energy efficiency in homes. I live in a flat, so it's, I'm, it's pretty, pretty energy efficient. But have you heard of a chimney sheep? Pardon? What? Have you heard of a chimney sheep? You need, you need to sweep. check this out. If you have a chimney... You're not saying the word right. Chimney she- No, it's chimney sheep. You know it's a W, don't you? <laughs> I don't usually like pick holes in guests, but you're not. It's chimney sweep. It's a chimney sheep. Sheep. It is a chimney sheep. Yeah. And it's basically like a bah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bah. It's basically a sheep, not living, but it's a it's a wool structure Sheep-ish. that you put up your chimney. <laughs> and <laughs> it was the way you said it. That yeah, yeah, kind yeah. Of put yeah me so off the emphasis. Yeah. Yeah, you um, put a lot of emphasis on yeah, that one. Yeah, on the up. Put it up your chimney. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I saw something like that on Dragon's Den. 
Oh, maybe it was that. No, it wasn't oh, that was one. It, oh, was it? Had nothing it wasn't. to do with sheep. Oh, okay. It was an umbrella. Like, an umbrella? Oh, okay. Well, you stuff it up there and then you, <laughs> there you go. Emphasis on the wrong part. Mm-hmm. Stuff it up there. Yeah. Open it mm-hmm. like an umbrella. Yeah. Without the whole luck issues. Yeah. I think it's not a real umbrella, so you're fine to open it indoors. Right. Okay, good. And it's meant to stop the draft losing heat out, but obviously not when the fire's on. Because it would just melt. Right. It wasn't fireproof. Whereas the sheep yeah. would work with the fire on. I'm guessing. No, no, no. You've got to take it. No, in actual fact, they've got things that you can hang. They've got little charms that you can hang off to remind you. There's a sheep little, up there. Like a little bumblebee or a little sheep, <laughs> and they hang off like little woolen wool things, and it reminds you to take out. Remove the, chim- the sheep from remove the chimney. The chim- <laughs> <laughs> what? I had no idea this was going to go there. <laughs> Do you know the reason I thought you could keep the sheep up there when the fire was, was going? Because if you didn't have a particularly dense sheep, oh, I the see. smoke could still filter okay, through the I'm sheep. I'm not sure. Maybe. No. I don't know. No. I, I think you meant definitely meant to take them out, I think. Yeah, you think. you are meant to. Wool, wool is a fire lighter. Yeah, definitely not <laughs> a good idea. That's a good idea. point. Wool, and is, and is, wool is an accelerant of fire. Yeah. Accelerant. Yeah. Probably. And it, but apparently it's about, I think it's can increase efficiency by like 10%, cut your bills. Oh, I'd hope for more than 10%. Yeah. Well, they're quite cheap. They're, they're like, they're not, they're not too expensive. Stuff a quid. couple up there, yeah? Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> this episode is sponsored by the following magnificent human beings. The Orient, Dean Layton, Matthew Spuddy, The Farmer Chapel, Frankie Hughes, Ghost to Hollywood, Double Burns, Jenny and Dan Burns. Who's it going to be, Harry B? Cat East Hopes and Dreams. The Windy Rhino, Andrew Hanratty, and James Napier. Sarah Jane Phipps Don't Lie. The Big Mac, James McDonald. Perry Planet Coulson. Batman, Joshua Batterton, and Wham Bam Sam Williams. To be more like all of them, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show, become an official sponsor, and grow the show today. Whilst we're still on the sort of the serious side of it, mm. what other issues are there that people are experiencing with all the money crisis yeah. going on? Crises? Crises? Crises. Crises. Oh. <laughs> Crises. I think the important thing to say, because I'm always very conscious, I talk, I talk a lot about money, obviously, and I think there's a risk that we end up just throwing tips at people that actually, you know, chimney sheeps or whatever. And actually when it comes down to it, we need much bigger action. And there's very little, actually, unfortunately, that, that people can do, particularly someone on a, on a low income, to see them through. And that's where we need government support. There is also some support already. So there's the £400 energy support package. Everyone's getting that um, from October through to March. You get sort of 67 quid um, off your energy bills every month. So that's a little bit of support, but we need more. And there's no question about that. To be honest with you, I think what's helpful right now is to simply have an oversight of what's going on in your financial life. And I think that's really scary for people because looking at, I mean, at the best of times, people don't really want to look at their bank statements. It's quite, you know, or or the brown letter that comes through the door. It's like, oh, you don't want to go near it. Open the letters, I think, is is the first thing to say. And try to have an oversight of 
your financial life. And I think that isn't that isn't necessarily something all of us are familiar with, actually looking at the statement, looking at what's going in and what's going out. If you have a partner, do it together. Have a kind of financial date or something God. to kind of sit down and do it. I think that's going to make um, it even worse, Alice. I've got to be honest. Do you think? Well, do you find this, Joe? Do you ever look at your bank statement on your phone? Yes. Right. When you see the negatives, when you see the minuses, are you shocked sometimes? Yes. Yeah. Like recently, I went through it all. I did like that money day on my own. I was like, fuck. What is the shit that's going out that I've like forgotten about that I did need at a time that I'm like, I'm still paying for? Yeah. So I just went on my direct debit bit and I just started going cancel, cancel, (laughs) cancel, cancel. And then the following day, I got a... (laughs) I got a call from AO, which are like a appliance company. Yes, yeah. Selling it. And they were like, hello, Mr. Marla, we've been told that you've cancelled direct debits for your microwave and your dishwasher and your washing machine, your insurance policies. And I went, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, why? Because you know you're not covered anymore. I went, yeah, well, I just wanted to cancel some of my direct debits, mate. We're trying yeah. to cut back on stuff and... Um, I think that's good. I hope that's all right. And he yeah. was like, yeah, cool. Well, is there any way we can help you out then? I went, okay, can you? They were like, right, let's see if we can get a better number for you. And they knocked off three quid. Right, okay. <laughs> and I went... In total per month? In total. Is this... Is this... <laughs> I went... Sounds like a good deal. Sign oh, me back oh, up. No. I got signed back up straight away. Is this insurance for a microwave? Uh, <laughs> I I think that some of my understanding of the world, yeah. uh, particularly my house finances, is stupid and no. minimal. Because maybe my house insurance, home insurance, content. How much is your microwave worth? Well, it's it's got to be at least five years old now. Would you, what if it's it's worth what someone's willing to pay, Tom? But what I'm saying is, why are you insuring it when you could just pop down to in case it breaks? How much is a microwave? 80 quid max yeah okay so but if this one breaks <laughs> fuck you're right so I don't need microwave insurance <laughs> listen to Alice's if laughter we, yeah. Alice I don't need microwave insurance <laughs> yeah if there's one thing to take away from today I would say microwave insurance is not a priority so that would be a top tip Actually. I would say, yeah, cut your microwave insurance. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm ringing them. As soon as we finish it, I'm ringing them again and saying, look, you've had me twice now, I'm quitting. What if they <laughs> take three quid off? I say, say no. you'll have to knock four quid off and you can sign <laughs> me up again. That'd be ridiculous. Why can't we all have lots of money? Why can't we all just have it all? Mm. <laughs> because we can print money. Yes. Why don't we just print more? That would then cause inflation. So even though I know I've said that money isn't of intrinsic value and it's not, it still is effectively in the same similar way to gold is. It is in some way scarce because you and I can't go and print more. Or you could, but that would be illegal. Don't do that. Um, And if everyone did that, if everyone did that, that would then cause inflation because we'd all have loads of money and we'd all, going back to that purchasing PowerPoint, we'd all have loads of money to spend on stuff and then that would drive prices up so it wouldn't it wouldn't it well it wouldn't work not everybody can be rich under the under the kind of system and structures so for our society to work we always need to have poor people middle of the road people and rich people we can't all be 
we should. Is that something like capital? What's well, capitalism? Capitalism is basically the oh, it's a political and economic system under which businesses and um, industry is effectively owned privately for the purpose of driving profit, and that's what we currently exist under. And under capitalism, it does work in such a way that wealth is, well, it's kind of like a triangle, basically. You know, you've got, well, reverse, um, you've got more money at the top, essentially, and you've got people who are able to make profit. And that's when questions of, like, should that profit be redistributed? And then that gets into a whole political question of, you know, of how tax money should basically be distributed to make things fairer. Instead of a Um, triangle... mm. A triangle of a capitalism. Mm. You just which shape triangle? Because you, you've started off with the point. Well, I start, I thought it, I thought it was a normal triangle. Normal. So you're saying a big base of big base who haven't got much money. up to an apex. Yeah. And but then you said, hang on, reverse. Well, it depends whether you're thinking money. about it about whether it's more money or more people. So okay. it just depends how you're doing the triangle. But yeah, okay, but do a normal yeah. triangle. Why so can't the we, uneven distribution? Basically. Why can't we just have a yeah. line? Yeah. Like just one line where everyone has the same. Well, that, what would that do? What's that called? That's socialism, socialism. Or you can have, I guess, communism is where industries and industry and trade is essentially owned by the state or socialism, which is when it's distributed evenly. And th- and that's what you're that's what you're getting at. The Why idea can't we have socialism? Fair. That's a very good question. And did a, you expect a that question, Alice? I did not. I did not expect that question. But it's a very good question. And and I think and actually talking about like how unfair things are, I think often we think, you know, Oh, particularly with the cost of living crisis, right? That that maybe those on higher incomes they think, oh well, it's affecting it's affecting all of us, you know, energy bills. But actually, it disproportionately by a significant amount those on lower incomes because if you're in the bottom ten percent of earners, ninety percent of your outgoings go on essentials, versus someone if you're on hundred k plus. It's probably a much smaller amount, maybe 20% even of your, it will, it will go up obviously with the cost of living crisis, but it isn't such a huge percentage. And so that's, that's where there's inequality essentially and where the cost of living crisis will impact those on lower incomes the most. And our, there's, there's a term called the poverty premium, which is basically that it's expensive to be poor. And it's so true. And we see this with the energy crisis as well. If you've heard of prepayment meters. Yeah. So if you're on a... Um, yeah, where you go income, get tenor on your right, lecky exactly. key and you put it in and it goes out. Exactly. And then even if it goes out, you put emerg- press emergency button, you get an extra fiver. It's technically not an extra fiver because it's a fiver debt because by debt. the time you go put a tenor exactly. on, you only get a fiver back. Right? Yeah. yeah. And that's more that, that energy is more expensive. It's more expensive to have a prepayment meter, yet it's typically those on lower incomes, people with poor credit scores that end up on prepayment meters. And, and over the cost of living crisis, it's probably the case that people, because they won't be able to afford their direct debits or they may default on them or what have you, may actually be switched over to prepayment meters, which are more expensive. It's a mess, essentially. The, the way in which our financial system operates, unfortunately, it's once you're in a cycle of poverty, it's very difficult to get out because it's so much more expensive to be poor. Massive stitch up, isn't it, Joe? And here's another way of looking at it. So the richest people in the world, see if you can guess, you'll probably be able to guess two of the top three richest people in the world. Kylie Jenner. Incorrect. Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> On the way up. Putin. Think of individuals uh, in it, America. I've named three individuals. Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk, the South African 
guy who invented Tesla and then backed out on buying Twitter. Do you know how much money Musk had last time they did a rough estimation? We're talking billions. How many billions? Billions? How many billions has Musk got? Like 10. He's got 10 billion in the bank. According to Forbes, Joe, Elon Musk has $254 billion. $254 billion. Why has one man got that much money? Here's another one. So Jeff Bezos, Bezos, I never know which one it is. Amazon. Amazon. He apparently has, at this point, $165 billion. To put that into context, he could literally, the man who owns Amazon, he could literally buy the Amazon rainforest and protect it for humankind forever. That's how much money he's got. He could buy the whole Amazon rainforest. I'm actually waiting for that bloke to send me some sort of gift or message thanking me. For Amazon Prime? Because I would like to reward myself with the fact that I've kept his company afloat with the amount that I bought. <laughs> I bought nine paddling pools during lockdown. Nine? Nine paddling pools. Right, just talk Sorry. us through these nine yeah. paddling pools. There was a pirate one. Yep. Size? Uh, I'd say eight foot by four foot. Mm-hmm. It had a the thing that steers it on there, it had a flag and everything. Had a had a wheel? Yeah, it had a wheel on it. Um, then we had a dinosaur-like <laughs> pond bit. What happened to the other one? What do you mean? Well, the, the, the pirate, pirate one. one. What do you mean, what happened to it? Is it... Did you? I'm just imagining a garden with nine paddling pools. <laughs> yes, that's what. It oh, that was. is. Yes, yes, that's yes. Amazing. <laughs> I didn't. That didn't break, and then I bought oh, a new right, one. Oh, right. Okay. I, I bought nine. Oh, I see. Different theme. Right. I had, wow, a, I had okay. a mushroom. Hang on. Okay. Number one paddling po- uh, was the pirate one. <laughs> yeah. Now, what was number two? Uh, the dino-like land. It had like palm trees and separate blow-up dinosaurs that you did could it. Just, like, Lob in there. Lob in. Number three. Uh, Writing these down. We had just a basic circle one with crabs on the side. Standard crab circle. Standard, yeah. like three layered one. Um, Standard crab. Then we had a star, a star shaped one. Yellow. That was a nice thick in-text one, like good quality, lasting. Didn't last. Was it an inflatable one or solid sided? No, inflatable. Dog yeah. popped it. Okay. Um, <laughs> then we had like a mini one for the babies. They had like a mushroom. Uh, where it was shaded, so it had a roof. So the mushroom was the roof. Inflatable mush- mushroom. An inflatable mushroom paddling pool wow. with the mushroom, the red and white spot. Oh, like toadstool. a classic toadstool, yeah. Yeah, nice. toadstool. Yeah. Um, I got a sport-themed one. <laughs> good. That had a little basketball hoop that blew that up. Is good. And a small that, yeah. slide, tiny little slide in it. That was quite popular. Could you fit on the slide? Nope. Didn't, I didn't actually, I don't like cold water that much. Just a number six. <laughs> you didn't even use the swimming pool. <laughs> no, I didn't the, use it. The paddling pools. No, I didn't use it. Oh, and, okay. and, uh, Seven. I also bought an inflatable slide that you put, if you've got a swimming pool, you, it's like, <laughs> have you got nice. a swimming pool? It's massive, like a big inflatable, really thick slide that you put on the edge. It hooks on the edge okay. and it's a slide into your swimming pool. We haven't got a swimming pool. <laughs> so where I does just, it go? It just went on the grass. Oh, okay. Why not stick it in one, to, one of the six paddling pools? It was too big. Okay. And we just put some water and fairy liquid on it, so it was a slide, but then they turned it up over the other way and used it as like a rocking chair. So much fun on that one. And I also bought a a roll of black... Sliding material. Sliding material, like tarpaulin, because it's that slight gradient, the garden, and we did all that. Got it all ready, got the water on it, put some fairy liquid on it, 
and it was a fucking roasting hot day, like oh, nice. fucking roasting hot. And I was like, right, I'm going to do it, test it out for the first time. Went down it, halfway down, I'm in agony. Honestly, it's one of the worst feelings I've had when it comes to burns. So it I was you? in agony. It was black, black tarpaulin. Oh, yeah. But it all the friction oh. of it all really bad. And rather than advising the kids to not go down it, I was just fucking them off down all day. It was just brilliant. They were just, come on, it will only hurt for a second. It's more fun than it is. Are we up to nine yet? Hang on. So... Just to clarify, all these items, they're not all um, obviously paddling pools, but all garden. So we've got um, pirate dinosaur, standard star mushroom sport, slide and tarpaulin. Yeah. All of these were purchased from Bezos slash Bezos mm. at Amazon. Yeah. Cumulative total? Probably around 300, 400 quid. Daisy was not happy. I thought it would be more than that. She was living. No, I didn't go. There was only one or two on there okay. that I went with the top end. Okay, okay. These were the others middle were of the quite, range budget. Yeah. Okay. Probably why they haven't lasted, actually. Yeah, that's probably Which, why. you know, is important when you are considering buying something. Do you look for the quality appropriately? don't know what. Value. I should have made a better assessment on value with my paddling pools because I filled them all up. Yeah. During lockdown, lovely weather, in the hope the kids would have loads of fun. The water was too cold. Was it? So you bought did so you they buy hate, nine in one go, or did you? It buy? was like over a week because okay. it would be a delivery. <laughs> days would be like, oh fucking hell, there's another delivery. <laughs> oh my god, hello Steve, the delivery man. <laughs> I just wonder, Alice, looking down our list there of the paddling pools, where's the value lie? What do you mean? Should Joe have made just a solitary purchase from our list? Well, I'm not. I'm not the authority on paddling pools, sadly. But I don't know. I, I think. I think looking at about around purchases, I think cost per use is quite good. Actually, thinking about you know how much use are you going to get versus the cost, probably a good thing. If you bought nine paddling pools, <laughs> I'd say the cost per use is probably quite high because I'm imagining. I mean, even if you had one paddling pool and you only used it twice. That's quite a high cost, but you've got nine. That's 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 next level. So, fucked but I think up. it's I personal. I don't want to judge your, but I don't want to judge. I think there's so much judgment around how people spend their money and what they do mm. with it. And here we are talking about it. So it's a good story, <laughs> if if anything. Right. I think we need to have a little break to go get some cash out of the bank mm-hmm. to see if it's actually real. Do you know what I mean? See if it's actually in there. That's something I worry. So I'll be back in a minute. Right. Here's some facts on money. Mm -hmm. Did you know that a million pound and a hundred million pound (laughs) notes actually exist? There's a a note. Is there in the UK? Yep. So while the 50 quid note is the highest value banknote in general circulation, deep, deep in in the the Bank of England's vaults, there are a small number of giants and titans like uh, King Kong and Godzilla. Nice. You seen that one? Yeah, Kong, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking great films. Love yeah. them. So they're That's actually it. real one million pound and hundred million pound notes. You notes get a hundred million pound note. They're not. They are not supposed to ever appear on the streets. Imagine that. You're walking yeah. down the street. Is it physically huge as well? Like one of those big checks you get if you win the lottery. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Why would that Buying make a it that big? Yeah, you pick you up. You don't lose it, do you? Imagine if yeah. it just, you lost it or you washed it in oh, your clothes. That'd be, that'd be bad. Imagine yeah. popping into your local news agent to buy something with a sliding million that pound across note. the counter. <laughs> there you go. I like. I love that Red Bull. It's fine. <laughs> um, 
see if you can get this right. Cockney rhyming slang terms for money. Oh, that's okay. good. Yeah. Here we go. Ten bob bit. <laughs> ten bob bit. Ten bob bit. What, what are we saying? What it is? Hey, girl, chucks that ten bob bit. <laughs> chucks a ten bob bit. Ten bob bit. How much As in, is how much is that? How much is that and what is it? I've ten given it away. I'm going to say... I'm going to say 10 quid. It's a 50p piece. Oh. Is 10 it? bob bit. Oh, Why would that be a 10 bob, bob, bob was a I guess penny. bit would make sense. It's a coin, yeah. 10 bob bit. Um, Chuckers apple core. Apple core score 20. Nice. Oh, very good. How about that lord of the manor? What would that be? Chuckers the lord of the manor. What? <laughs> lord of the manor. Lord of the manor equals tanner. Oh, a tenner. tenner no, yeah. sixpence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a loose rhyme. Chuck us an archer. Archer's bow. Archer. Oh, not doing very well here, Alice. Joe, no, what's the answer? I just, two yeah. grand. Two? Why is it two grand? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a terrible quiz. The M11 has an exit, but not an entry on Junction 5. What's that got to do with money? <laughs> it, prevents, <laughs> it prevents would-be thieves from escaping. Just escaping from where? It's because, Tom, yeah. that Junction 5 is very close to the Delarue currency yes, factory. Yes, where they make, yeah. Oh. Actually. Why couldn't they take a different road to escape? There's only one road in. What, only the M11? Yeah, and there's only one road out. So how do you ever get out? You don't. You don't, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what, what if you go there to deliver sandwiches? They don't eat sandwiches there, mate. <laughs> they eat those... Um, Chocolate coins. How do you go home at the end of a day's work? Are they like Oompa Loompas? They live in the factory. Yeah. I don't have those facts. <laughs> what about cashless? Mm. I'm interested in this. My brother-in-law, for the last couple of years, has been going on at me about cryptocurrency. And he's like, mate, you've got to get into this. And I'm like, what? It's not real. Mm. Like, there's, it's not real. Just rewinding back yeah. to what you said at the start, money's not real anyway. Yeah. So why, now I'm arguing with myself he's like well it's not real anyway that's yeah. fiat non is it non-fiat money or what do we call well, it fiat and what commodity money commodity is the idea money. of it being tied to it crypto right. is is decentralized we'll get onto that in a second but just on the cashless point 95 percent right. of transactions now happen digitally crypto is an extension of that it actually is finite as we call it in or bitcoin bitcoin certainly is um i think it's, it's about 21 million bitcoins that actually exist i mean exist obviously in a digital sense and in a kind of encrypted sense but they do exist which gives it scarcity and scarcity is what drives value so technically speaking actually it it works in a, and that's why some people have said it's kind of digital gold in some ways because in the same way that like we know that there's only so much gold the same can be said for something like bitcoin and that's technically what gives it value but obviously it hasn't been established and 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 the the moment we'll know that that bitcoin is the future is when it starts being kind of regulated and central banks start wanting kind of involvement in it and that's when it would be kind of established as a currency but right now there isn't that will it kind will of it regulation. be regulated do you think Who knows? banks and I'm will not get involved expert, in that but Potentially, I think I think we don't know, and the the problem is there's so much speculation around crypto, um, and it's so volatile, and lots of people are just kind of investing and buying it purely in the hope that it will go up eventually. And there's not necessarily it's not necessarily being used with with there's no kind of utility behind it at the moment. 
that being said, there is utility and or usefulness, I guess, in the technology behind it. So blockchain is the technology underpinning cryptocurrency. And there are loads of really interesting use cases around that, around sort of supply chain transparency, all sorts of stuff. So there is definitely value in the technology, but I think it, it remains to be seen as to whether it's it's all a bit of a hype or whether it is indeed kind of the future. If I wanted to go get all my money out the bank, mm. could I do it and have it physically on my table? Yeah. Each like that. Excuse me, Mr. Bank, because I remember going to get out some cash I think it was like a couple of grand cash that I had to pay a builder, cash in hand. Mm. When I did, the bank manager was like, what's this for then? And yeah. I went, well, it's not any business. Yeah. It's my money. I, can I just have my money out the bank, please? Yeah. And he was like, all these questions. Mm. I was like, what? When I thought about it, I thought maybe he's looking out for me. Maybe he thinks that someone's like mm. around the corner with a gun and it, I'm going out thinking maybe he's doing all that. But it just seemed like he was just being really nosy. Yeah. But what if I went in there and actually said, can I have all my money out? Mm. Is that doable? In theory, yes. You, you will get questions and there's a couple of reasons. Number one is fraud. That I think he probably was also looking out for you and making sure that you weren't kind of in some scam by promised sort of by a Nigerian prince via Always email. Always a Nigerian prince <laughs> via exactly. email. Okay. Yeah, exactly. And that there isn't something going on, something dodgy going on there. Or that you're, you know, you've been catfished and met supposedly the love of your life that's, you know, not and they're they're after your money. You know so much about yeah. me. Yeah, well, busted. <laughs> um so that's that's one thing. They'll be kind of checking for fraud. Also there's anti-money laundering regulations, making sure that you're not doing anything dodgy with the money and you're not kind of cleaning money and, and what have you, and you're not involved in in black markets of some kind. Um, but in theory, if you wanted to, if you wanted to keep all your money in cash, and actually older generations, I remember my um, my grandma, she felt safe having having money in kind of biscuit tins and things like that. And I think that is, that's quite a common thing and lack of trust for financial institutions and so on. So in theory, if you wanted to, yes, the big problem is that it's not protected. And so if your house burnt down, something, you know, awful happened. Whereas if it's in the bank up to a certain amount, you're protected by the financial services compensation scheme. Do check which um, bank account you have and whether it is covered. Some of the some of the kind of e-money crypto um, investment accounts aren't covered by that. So it's worth just checking. Um, but that's the benefit of having your money in the bank. But if everyone went to do that at the same time, that's called a bank run. And that isn't great because often the amount that a bank actually has might not be enough to actually make sure that everyone can get their money out. And so we saw that with Northern Rock back in 2008 when the whole um, financial crisis happened um, and people were kind of going to Northern Rock trying to get all of their money out. And that that's a worrying situation. How long do you think we're going to be in this current crisis? How long do you foresee these prices going up or staying at this level? Or when do they start dropping again? We, we don't know, and I wish I knew the answer to that. Obviously, you've got central banks who are looking at things like interest rates, and so they're raising interest rates, which is a way of controlling inflation that will sort of eventually have a knock-on effect. It also has negative effects sort of slightly because it slows down the economy, and that, that obviously has, has other consequences. Oil prices are the, are the big one, um, and we don't know what will happen there, but the, the important thing to say is that 
oil prices have always gone up and down. They will come down. Um, it's also dependent on what's happening with Ukraine um, and so on. But for the moment, we know that this is, you know, we're, we're probably we're in it until next, you know, next year, certainly. Um, beyond that, we don't know, but it, it will get better. It will get better eventually. And I know that's not a very reassuring answer, but um, but it's it's kind of a wait and see game. And if Joe has uh, £10, what would he best be investing his £10 in to see him to a brighter future? There is one way that everyone should be investing, and that's through your pension. And a pension is a really, really effective way of saving for your future. And most people don't realise that if you have a pension, you are an investor. It's invested in funds for you so that when you are, however old you are, when you retire, which is increasingly far away, um, then you're you're protected and you've got money for your financial future. So thinking about pensions, if you have absolutely no idea about pensions at all, it's something that your employer should be providing you with. So speak to them, um, find out who your pension provider is, do some digging into making the most of it, maximising your contributions. It's literally free money. So it's it's an absolute no-brainer. And then after that, if you're really lucky and you've got extra money, you've sorted out your pension, then you can start thinking about making the most of your ISAs, which are basically investment tax-free investment accounts um, and investing in funds Um some people also choose to kind of invest in specific companies. But what over time, what's shown to be the most kind of secure and also reliable investment is investing in in funds. So those essentially diversified investments. You're investing lots of little pieces of money in lots of different companies and assets. And that's shown to be the most kind of secure and reliable way um, to, you know, grow your money over the long term. You're going to spend your ten pounds uh, in the cafe on the corner, aren't you, now, Joe? I ain't investing shit. <laughs> <laughs> but have a pension. Do right. Have a pension. I'm not. I don't. Where would I get one of them? Then? You've not got a pension. Well, you're self-employed, so yeah. you. I'm assuming, yeah. Am I? Are you? I don't know. I imagine. Don't you pay? Do you pay tax for when Quins pay you? I pay tax. You pay tax there, yeah. You I pay, pay a lot of tax. P a y. P a y e. No, but do I you think pay your own tax? It. <laughs> I, do I pay my own tax? Do you, yeah. I don't pay other people's tax. <laughs> but do you do you submit your own tax returns, or do they pay tax before you get paid? Why do I feel uncomfortable talking about? Sorry, this? Yeah, this is it's becoming quite intrusive. But no, but, no. Do people? Why? Why is it uncomfortable for people? Well, to that's talk the other thing. Money? Yeah, we should we should be talking about it, and it's helpful. But it is helpful for people, you know, younger people who are thinking, "What the hell do I do with it?" And learning lessons like paying into a pension, it's really important. But it's think, so awkward. I think I do. I get loads of letters from Scottish Widow. Great. Okay, you got one then. You're fine. You're yeah. a poor woman. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 such a shit gag. The expectation on your face that Alice and I would crease up when you... <laughs> <laughs> That's compared to reality. Uh, Pathetic, like, ha, ah, that's really good, right? Uh. Alice, thank you so Not much. It's been very, very informative and enjoyable as Thanks well. For me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good guest, Joe. Very good she guest. She was a very good guest. So informative, so detailed with her answers, but also a little bit like AI, like my mind. And Lydia. Oh my God, my mind was fucked from the start. In a good way. When she said, money doesn't exist. What? Money, money's value is nothing. 
Oh, I, I, You're paraphrasing a little, but... Yeah, yeah but I was like, why? My, like, okay, let's explore that. And she explained it really well. Well, Joe, I'm going to do an explanation of my own. It's how you can support the show. You can subscribe three ways. Apple, Spotify and Patreon. For a pound a week, you get bonus content, ad-free episodes. At the same time, you can do something really very special. You'll be growing the bloody show. You shall be growing the show. If you would show. Growing the show. Growing the bloody show. You grow, I grow, we grow, yo. <laughs> if you would like another podcast to listen to before Joe and I return next Wednesday, let us recommend an absolute beauty brand new from Crowd Network. It's Beef's Golf Club. This is a podcast with European Tour winner Beef Johnston and his golf fanatic friend John Robbins. This is the world's most inclusive golf club, Joe. I don't know if you've had problems getting into golf clubs. I have. Each week, they talk about a different topic from the world of golf and it features a whole host of guests. There is no membership fee. Everyone is welcome. Simply listen wherever you get your podcasts to become a member of Beef's Golf Club. You play golf, Joe? Yeah, I, lo- I love golf, mate. I love golf and I love beef. I think we should get him on the show, Joe. I've been trying for years, absolute years. I've been trying to get him on the show, of which he was like, yeah, yeah, cool, let's sort it out. And next minute, you lot have set him up a whole new podcast <laughs> of his own All before he's come on the show. All to get him on this show. Right, that seems like a long-winded way of getting him on, but I'm, I'm excited about this new podcast. Would you like to know who we have on the show next week, Joe? We're bringing on an expert in black holes. Black holes? Black holes. There aren't any black holes. No. Wormholes. Are they the same? Oh, we'll have to ask them. We'll ask, them. we'll ask them. Oh, okay. Black holes. Stop saying black holes. Goodbye. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.